Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning, would you? Amen, amen. Well, you can be seated. Thank you for coming this morning. Good to see Joe and Aaron and the, all the kids. The guests are grown. I didn't wonder who the man was that's sitting in with them, but we're glad to have them. Let's make them welcome again this morning, would you? All those on live stream in Canada and around the world, we invite you into the service today. I would like to thank the brothers for putting on the fireworks. We found somebody that's got a ministry, so we're looking forward to that. They're stuck with it for life. Just like if you ever clean the church, that's yours for the rest of your life. If you mow the yard, that's yours for the rest of your life. We don't, we're not envious. We give you the gift and let you have it and use it the rest of your life. Amen. This is mine, and I got my little niche of time, and so whether you like it or not, well, then we'll take up an hour of your life, but I'm glad that you're here this morning. God is good, isn't He? Well, we understand that repetition is saying the same thing over and over, uh, maybe saying it in a different way so people will say, that's the first time I've ever heard it. But I, I put a quote of today in there. How many likes that quote? Not too many amens there. Uh, I put these quotes in here for me. I'm just sharing it with you. See. If there's anything that we ought to be as kind one to another. So you make sure you say something nice about me today, would you? Amen. So when you see a brother and sister in fault, how many have ever seen your brother and sister in fault? Don't never breathe it to nobody. Boy, that is hard to do, isn't it? You said, well, Christianity is simple. I hadn't found nothing simple about it yet. Keep your mouth shut, don't see nothing, and believe everything. That's the hardest thing to do. Amen. Keep it to yourself and pray for that person. How many does that? I had to read Psalms 25 three times this past week to get over the Scripture. Be kind to them, and if, them great big ifs, if the Spirit of God is in you, then you will be kind one to another. Jesus said, I come to do thy will, Father. I like that little phrase in there. Jesus said, I come to do thy will, Father. And what we project is Jesus had a Father. And the Father was God. His Father is your Father and my Father. And that is the revelation today that is being revealed to us and in us till we become one even as Jesus where we can say I and my Father are one. So uh, the title of the message should explain to you the subject that we're on. I understand if you have not been uh, basically listening to tapes for years and been raised up in the message that many of the things that we say are strange because basically people do not study the Bible. They listen to the preacher. They listen to the crowd around them. They may listen to some of Brother Branham's tapes, and basically what they hear is what condemns them. So everyone will hear what they are not supposed to do on a tape. That is part of it, but that is not the secret or the principle that's going to take you out of here. I believe that God is present with us, 
He is the messenger of a message. The Holy Spirit Himself. And what we're trying to do is to show you and come to the realization that the Holy Spirit is a person. And He must become a person to us. For I put in your notes, and we'll get to it as we go. At a certain period of time, and we're now in that time. At that day, Jesus said, you will not ask me nothing. But whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. For that to transpire, you've got to have a revelation that God is actually present. He is a person that's been revealed to you, and you commune to Him face to face. And that is the mystery. We are told before we ever present and open the book that this mystery, this revelation is hid. All except the very elected. Now, we all believe that we're a part of that group. But the Bible is absolutely veiled except to a unique few. And that's just the way that it is written, and that's the way that it is, and that's the way we believe. But we also believe that we are a part of that group that can see. This message is promised what? This message is promised to change your body. Brother Brown's ministry and manifestation of God's presence give us a promise, even as he gave to Abraham, that we shall not die, but we shall be changed. That is the promise of this hour. You say, well, Brother Gregory, uh, do you believe you're going to die? No. Why? Because I have a promise. Can you die? I may die next week, or I may not even get home. I don't know. That's all in the knowledge of God. But... I have a promise by the Word of God and a messenger vindicated that God is here and He's here for one purpose, and that is to change my body and to present me to the Lamb at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen? That is our message. That is our faith. So I title the message, Faith in the Presence. I call it the presence because it is an interpretation of a Greek word called perusia, which is dreaded, hated, and everything else despised in the message. The New Testament is about one subject, and that is called the presence of God. It is spoken of as a unique period of time, a unique happening, a unique event for a very small group of people, and we're singling in to be able to see what the message is today, and it is speaking to us through the Bible. So I'll follow my notes this morning, and we'll look at this subject, the faith in the presence or the perusia of Christ. So we want to continue the subject, because when I say the presence of Christ, I'm talking about the presence of the anointing, which is a light. We show you the picture so that you can have a visual. The anointing is a light. The anointing is God Himself. He is spirit. He is invisible. And the only way that you can see Him is when He takes on a form or a mask and reveals Himself through that mask by manifesting what only He can do. And once He gets your attention that it's God doing the work, then He reveals Himself through the veil that you can see Him by hearing the Word of God. We'll only see God today by hearing you say, well, the prophet saw a vision. That's true. 
And he spoke to us what the Spirit gave him. But we hear and believe, and through the principle of faith, those things that are unseen become seen to us by the hearing of the Word. In other words, the vision becomes real to us by understanding the Word of God. Amen. So the Spirit invisible God that William Branham claimed was here and manifested all the miracles that everybody talks about, that invisible one is making himself real to you, a person, identifying himself as a person that we can talk to him and address him as a person in this hour, showing that we have the revelation that God himself is here. All right. So that's what we're calling faith in the presence or the perusia of Christ, which that's the subject of the New Testament. And it absolutely is speaking about Scriptures being fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I'm already a jump. Next week we'll get into the hard part that people can't seem to embrace. Jesus said when He opened the book, He read a certain portion of the Scripture, which is Isaiah. That portion of Isaiah absolutely tells you of the ministry of Jesus Christ today. It foretold of the ministry of Jesus Christ in flesh. It also tells you the ministry of Jesus here in the spirit form as Son of Man. Called the acceptable day of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. We're now in that second phase called the vengeance of our God. That is not God taking vengeance upon us. It's God hearing a unique message. Which vengeance means to basically justify, to clarify, to become real. It actually shows the mercy of God to a people that recognizes that He's here. And therefore called the trees of righteousness. And we'll get to that next week. It's a hard part of the scripture. But we'll get to that next week. But we're in that period of time called the day of vengeance of our God. But what we want to look at is there are certain scriptures that the prophet used. We always say, well, if God is here, who's here? What is he here for? Is this message scriptural? Is it in the Bible? In other words, can I preach to you the Bible and plainly explain to you that you can see the ministry manifested in flesh, that it is now history most of what we're talking about this morning is already past tense. It is over. And now we find ourselves in the revealing of the Son of Man, the Word becoming flesh in our flesh, to absolutely change your body. This message of the presence is designed to glorify and to change our body. That's our promise. As He promised Abraham a son, He had to change their body before the Son was brought forth. God is here giving us the same sign to change our body right before the judgment and the second coming of Jesus the man as king to rule and reign for 1,000 years. We want to get the picture correct. Now there's a lot of subjects that can preach that will not take you in a rapture. Only the revelation of the presence. That's the subject of the New Testament. Only that word being fulfilled in us today will absolutely qualify you for the resurrection and the rapture. You say, well, I believe that God sent a prophet. That won't hardly work today unless you understand what the prophet taught you and see the one 
and see the one that was actually doing the work and speaking to us through veil of flesh. William Branham is a man just like you and I, born in sin, shaven, nigger, come to the world and speaking lies. Unless the anointing of the Holy Spirit was upon him and with him, he wouldn't be any different than anybody else. Unless the anointing of God was upon Jesus of Nazareth, we call the Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus would just be a man and couldn't do nothing in himself. So you're looking at the one who is hidden and veiled all through the Bible, now becoming the main character, God himself, the Spirit, this mystery one, now becoming the main character at the end to a group of people that he becomes the person. He becomes real. He's just as real as flesh and blood to us. We talk to him face to face. We pray to him. We commune to him in the name of Jesus because that's what his name is because he is Jehovah Savior, Elohim, the self-existing Spirit of God. All right? So the prophet used certain scriptures over and over to explain his ministry and his commission. He had a ministry and a commission. And these scriptures that we're going to look at are now fulfilled. It's not something that we're looking forward to come. It's something now fulfilled that we can know. You cannot understand scripture until it is fulfilled and become flesh. Then after it is over, then the Spirit lets you see what He has done. And one day we follow that trail, we'll find ourselves already in the rapture, already in the cycle of immortality, and not even know how we got there. That's where we're at now. If we're in the presence and know who's here and what He's doing, we're already in that cycle, that train track, that progress, that stage that He is changing you now, step by step, word by word. And every time the Scripture gets clearer, you're becoming more and more the Word of God in flesh. Every word has to become flesh. So when there's a group of people in here that's going to be raised from the dead, it has to come forth in a physical form. If there's a group of people living, we will be changed. The next step is a resurrection of the sleeping saints. So what can we expect? We can expect a revelation of the presence of the one that's here, and he's here to change my body, to glorify me, to present me as a chaste version to his son Jesus Christ at the marriage supper. We cannot cover every scripture. I don't have the ability or the mental faculties or the strength and breath to do it. We can't cover every scripture that would identify what is transpiring. But we can, by the help of the Holy Spirit, Brother Branham said, any man can open this book. But no man can open it and read it and understand it. Except he be anointed by the Spirit of God to understand what he is reading. It's amazing that you can read this Bible over and over and over. And without the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you, which that's the key, you've got to get in the Spirit of the Word being fulfilled in you. Amen. We talk about Luther's revival, the Welsh revival, all the revivals. 
every revival was a product of a scripture that become real to the hearers. Luther simply said in Romans, the just shall live by faith. It caused a reformation. It caused a war. 50,000 of them was killed over it and everything else. But by that scripture, that scripture become alive in human beings fulfilling the just shall live by faith. We'll follow that track all the way down. And now we have our portion. And our portion is the full revelation of coming flesh. God is here. What form is he here in? I would say this morning he's here in the form of a bride called the body of Christ. So we cannot cover every scripture, but we can look at those scriptures where Brother Branham used over and over to explain his ministry and what God was doing in his ministry. In other words, he showed you what scriptures was becoming flesh in you as a believer. You say, well, I understand Romans. I believe the just shall live by faith. That's good, but it won't change your body today. That word has already been fulfilled. There's a portion in here that we have to fulfill as believers. In other words, we'll see it, we'll understand it, we'll confess it, and that Scripture will become alive in us to fulfill the Word of God. The presence, and that's what the Bible calls it. You can look it up 26 times in the New Testament. It speaks about the presence of Jesus Christ. The presence, the presence, the presence. No one can explain it. They say, oh, well, God's always been here. He's everywhere, so on, so on, so on. But the presence speaks of a unique revelation of God Himself as a person. Even the Trinitarians that recognize uh, the third person in the Godhead, but they don't know much about Him. Well, we know He's a person, but we don't know anything about Him. Well, the Holy Spirit, which they know about it, was the Father of the Old Testament. They know all about Him. They know all about Jesus, but they don't know anything about this third person. That third person and the first person is the self-same person. And He is a person, and He is an eternal being. He is God, and that's the one that is here talking to us. Not talking about an emotion now. I'm talking about a person. So we have to move from a per spirit. Oh, when the spirit, oh, we rejoice. We oh, we had a good time. That's the spirit. We had a good time last night. I really felt patriotic when I seen the fireworks go on. I felt it, praise God. But that's not it. See, I'm talking to you as a person. Now then we're talking to the Father, our God, as a person. And that's what our message and ministry is. So we want to look at these scriptures set forth in the Word of God as how God has set forth to be manifested first. In other words, He's manifested first. And by that manifestation, He's revealed. And He understands now. Through Jesus now, the manifestation comes first, then the revelation. To us, we receive the revelation, then the manifestation comes forth. And our manifestation of the presence is Mark 16. These signs shall follow those that believe that God is here. Watch now. So we're speaking of the ministering presence. I've got to clarify, and please get this. If you can't get it, just read the notes over and over. Take it to the Bible. Read the notes. I'll put it as clear as I know how in, in word form for us to get it. We're speaking about the ministering presence of Jesus. Now, don't get carried away with the word Jesus. 
When you hear Jesus, most people think about a man, the Lamb of God, the Redeemer. That's one Jesus. But Jesus, the word Jesus means Jehovah Savior. Jehovah Savior. The man Jesus was created by the Jehovah Savior. Jesus had a father. He was a created mortal. He was flesh and blood. He did die. And God raised him from the dead. Therefore, God cannot die. Jesus, per se, as a human man, was not God. He was anointed by the Father. But we're looking at the one that used him. We're looking at the one that anointed him. Where Jesus said, it's not me that healed that person. It's not me that raised that person from the dead. It was my Father that done it. He's the one that's talking to you. It's not my words that can do you any good. It's His words. And in this hour, we found the Holy Spirit speaking in the first person. And when I say Holy Spirit speaking in the first person, the person spoke even as if He was God doing the speaking. We have on record, I think we could find the tape. Where the Holy Spirit come down and said, this is not Brother Branham is doing the talking. I'm Almighty God. I've come down from heaven and on and on and on. And people said, oh, that's, I that can't believe that. But you can watch these movies where these demons talk through people. Oh, man, did you hear that devil talking through that person? But do you can't think the Spirit of God can talk to a person? We can be devil possessed, but we can't be Holy Ghost possessed. Come on, talk to me this morning. See, we get all real spooky when you say, oh, that's God speaking through flesh. How else do you think God is going to talk to us? He's going to talk to you through a man. See, He's going to talk to you through His Word. So we're speaking of the ministering presence of Jehovah Savior. A light, a pillar of fire, God, Logos, Word, whatever appellation or title you want to give him it is the eternal self-existing one called Jesus Jehovah Savior all right and that means that basically then Jehovah Savior God in spirit now this is William Brandle's message I could study the Bible 30 years and never think about it never see it I'm telling you what he preached as his message and my job is not to add to it or take away from it my job is to show you from the Scriptures what that ministry was about. And it was not about the seventh angel. It was about the Revelation 10.1. God Himself, as His own messenger, had to have a voice. And that voice was the vocal cords of a prophet bringing forth what the Bible calls the days of the Son of Man. We all know that Son of Man speaks about a prophet. But Son of Man is when God Himself comes down and anoints a man and speaks through the man so thereby you are seeing the Spirit manifested in flesh. When you recognize that it is the Spirit manifested in flesh, then you have no trouble believing and obeying what the Word is telling you. And the whole key to the rapture process is believing and accepting and obeying, if there's any instructions, what this Spirit has told us. If we follow that instruction, 
it will change your body. So when I say Jesus is here, I am not talking about the man that they nailed to a cross 2,000 years ago, whereby he bled until the point of death and they buried him. I'm not talking about the man. I'm talking about the God, Jesus, Jehovah Savior, that anointed the man, that revealed himself through the man, that raised the man from the dead and glorified the man, and set the, him to the right hand of the Father, making intercession for 2,000 years. That person now is on the throne of God as judge. Jesus, the glorified, resurrected man, is sitting on the throne in heaven right now as judge. Because all judgment has to be given to the Son. So when we say Jesus is here, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, God. But not in the form of the baptism. Not in the form of just rejoicing in gifts and speaking in tongues. We're talking about Him revealing Himself as a person. A face-to-face -face confrontation through the skin veil of a prophet that you talk to God face-to-face. -face. Not in the form of His own created flesh that we call Jesus of Nazareth. How many is following me a little bit? Whether you believe it or not, this is what I'm trying to get across. That flesh that God raised from the dead called Jesus of Nazareth is now glorified. Now keep that in mind. But He... God Himself, who is the Spirit, He is a person. He's the only eternal person there is. He is here, according to a prophet, ministering as He did in the flesh 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. He manifested Himself for several years as Son of Man, we call the first and second pull. That was the ministry of the Son of Man. The Son of Man, William Branham, has gone off of the scene. Therefore, the robe of Son of Man has been fulfilled. But then it says, in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Well, everybody, everybody, I know Brother Branham. That's not the Son of Man being revealed. The, the Son of Man being revealed is this invisible Jehovah God, the anointing, a light, God Himself, the person of God. He must be revealed. Well, Jesus is known, the Father is known, but this Spirit, the person of God, has never made Himself known as He has today. No one through the church ages would understand God as a person as we are to know Him today because we become one with Him, and that revelation will absolutely immortalize this body. Amen. That's the promise in this hour. So we're looking at this ministering Spirit Therefore, if we do not get in the spirit of the Word being fulfilled today, we will miss what the Spirit is doing, which we are told, and we'll read in a few minutes, as it was in the days of Noah. The presence was there. It was there for 120 years, but the people did not get any benefit from that presence because they did not recognize what form he was there in. 120 years, you started out with eight. After that 120 years, you found eight in the boat. Now, how many people was converted in those 120 years? 
If you start out with eight and end up with eight, there wasn't too many added to the charge. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. And people will not know that He's there until it's too late, the rapture take place, and they're left. So this presence, this revelation is so simple that it's absolutely hid to everyone that is not willing to open their mind and absolutely come to a revelation or faith in the vindicated presence of this person called God. Well, what would be the benefits of this presence? Mark 16 will follow those that believe. But remember, there's a portion of the gospel that every group had to believe for Mark 16 to follow. And we were told by our prophet that Mark 16 was not manifested in the church. Even the Pentecostals do not have Mark 16. Only those that have been uncovered by Malachi 4, they will come to the revelation of the gospel. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is here, and that faith will produce Mark 16. So if you got Mark 16 on a Pentecostal, glory to God, we feel good, then you've got an anointing, but you don't have Mark 16. And that is what is causing the deception. So we're looking at basically the Bible telling us certain scriptures, and I call this ministry, it's called the days of the Son of Man. So keep this in mind because you've got days of the Son of Man, you've got the day that is revealed, and then you've got an hour. Each phrase is a part of what the Spirit God is doing to take us to the climax, which is resurrection and body change. This is the message of Revelation 10.1. Church, this is not hard to understand. See, I'm, I'm teaching you about This is the message now of Revelation 10.1, where it says, There's seen another mighty angel, watch, come down from heaven. So what we're looking at is what transpires here on earth among us. God comes down from heaven and He's here among us. He's invisible, so you got to see Him in a unique way. And as I said, we'll only see Him by hearing. It took me 30-something years of looking at the same Scripture, listening to the same prophet over and over and over, until now His message is almost just like looking at you. And I've preached it over and over and over, and there must come a time to when you saw, you'll know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Because there's only a few scriptures that's got to come so real to us that we see ourselves as that scripture being fulfilled. We can see ourselves as called out. We've been called out by the gospel. We've been called out by signs, miracles, and wonders. That called out group has got to cross over Jordan and take the promise of this hour, which is immortality. The tree of life, God himself, is standing in our midst the veil has been taken away. This book has now been opened, which we'll find out when Jesus opened the book at the end time. He closed out the grace dispensation and changed dispensation. He now comes as God, the Word, or the Judge. We rejoice over the open book. But when people find out what the open book represented, that Jesus had come off of the mercy seat, 
Now then he opens the New Testament to show us what transpired. But when he opened the New Testament, he sat out on the Father's throne. And now redemption, as far as mediator and intercessor, is over. Now don't get in your mind that we're saying, well, no one can be saved. We're telling you now how you can be saved once and for all. Because that Jesus is not on the mercy seat for your salvation. People say, oh, if Jesus leaves the mercy seat, nobody can be saved. That is not true. He never was on the mercy seat for your salvation. He was there waiting because His sacrifice, death, burial, resurrection, saved every person that will believe. Talk to me now. There's not one sin that the blood cannot remit. Oh, you don't know how bad I was. Didn't forget it because the blood wipes it out and God don't remember it. So why are you talking about it? Not one sin that the blood cannot remit. There's not one sin that the blood did not omit. Let me give you a little story. Israel had a little sacrifice. And when they got ready to go to war. Uh, they basically had a, a sacrifice that they made because, remember, what do we call this P.S., this guys that come back from war, they have those memories of killing. What is it? PTSD. I get in trouble with all these L, PD, whatever more. Every time I say something, I get in trouble. So basically, they didn't want to have this after they went out and killed children and dogs and cows and everything else. So God had a sacrifice. The Jews called it some word I can't pronounce. But what it was, it was a sacrifice to cover what they were going to go out there and do. They knew they was going to go out there and go out there like God said, kill every kid, kill every woman, kill every dog, cat, rat, burn every house, destroy them completely. Well, your conscience kind of bothers you after you chop the heads off of so many children and whatever more. So they had a sacrifice that they presented and what it was to do was to cover them before they went and done it. So afterward, knowing that they had a blood covering, their conscience didn't bother them for the act that they committed because they already had forgiveness of it before they done it. Oh, you ought to be jumping out of your seats and speaking in tongues by now. Jesus died 2,000 years ago. His blood covered every sin, every transgression, all of our ignorance and everything contrary to the will of God before we ever got here. All he's asking will accept what I accept. I accepted the blood and I looked over your sins. Will you accept the blood for the remission of your sins? Are you following me now? So before we ever got here, all of our stupidity, our transgressions, and our uh, sins of our youth, and drinking and cussing and smoking and everything else we've done was already covered by God. And when the blood comes to your time, it quickens you, and we say, well, I repented and asked God to forgive me. That's the blood that already covered you before you done the act. That's what we're talking about. As far as God is concerned this morning, you're just as lily white as if you never done anything, period, at all. That's a part of the message of this hour. And the message people can't accept it because they're full of legalism. Oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, what more, what more, what more, what more. So we run to the altar, repent, 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 repent. The blood done it once and for all. Are you following me this morning? All right, so the prophet used certain scriptures. And we're trying to clarify to this assembly
what the message actually is. Because you and I must become the voice of the message. In other words, we will give voice to the very voice of the prophet that delivered it to us. So this messenger of Revelation 10.1 is absolutely stated to come down here to earth. So therefore, we're not waiting for Jesus to come. I know you go to the message site, we're looking for Jesus to come, Jesus to come. Jesus, Jehovah Savior, has already come. He has come down here, and He's in our midst now. He's here to change your body, because you cannot go to that other dimension in this body here. It's got to be changed, so you can cross dimensions. How many understand? You've got to be immortalized. That's pressurized. You've got to have a certain suit on. Put on the whole armor of God. He's here to change our body. Word by word, He's building this track to the other side. Praise be to God. If you'll look this morning, you may not know one thing, but if you'll examine yourself and get around people, you're not the same person that you was five years ago. You can nod your head and agree to things that you didn't understand five years ago. I know there's things that we don't understand now. But we can say, oh, I see that now. Oh, I've done that. Oh, yeah, I see that. I'm talking about we're looking at the final stage where we can all come into agreement. I am a believer. God is here. I'm looking at His mercy. Everybody say mercy. God comes down not in grace, but He comes down in mercy. Jesus was not on the mercy seat to save you. He was there for your ignorance until the final group come here in flesh so God can come down and reveal mercy to us. As long as Jesus is in the presence of that throne up there and He's sitting on it, people can come to God for redemption, mercy, and for a Bible a body change. Only by the presence, only the word of this hour will get you into that stage of the body. That's what we're, we're not saying we own the one that's got it. No. But we're believing a part of the word that is promised for this hour to be fulfilled in my flesh. That I'm going to be standing here and I'm going to see Brother Branham, saints of God, that's already in their glorified bodies, 20 to 25 years old. And hallelujah, this old body of corruption will just fade away and I'll be an immortal 25-year-old best-looking guy you've ever seen in your earth. That's what our message is. And when it strikes us and it becomes a faith, I tell you, you won't ask, to ask people to worship God and praise God. It will be so full of joy we'll have on the garment of praise instead of the garment of mourning. Amen. We act like we're mourning now, but we should have a garment of praise, and we'll get to that. The prophet used certain scriptures, and we want to look at some of them. He used John 14, basically verse 20, but I want to read verses 18 to 20. St. John 14, 18, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Who's doing the talking? Oh, you say, Jesus the man is doing the talking. No, it's not Jesus the man doing the talking. It's my Father that's in me that is talking to you. So the Spirit of God tabernacled in that flesh. He's the one that says what? I will 
not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus, the man, didn't come back. Who come back down on the day of Pentecost? The Holy Spirit did. So the one that's doing the talking in the person is this same Spirit that come back down on the day of Pentecost. And he said, I will come to you. So, like I said, it is the Father in me doing the speaking. Yet a little while, and the world seeth no more. That's the man. They won't see him anymore for 2,000 years. Because we know what the, the body is doing or the man is doing. But, ye see me. How are you going to see him? By revelation. You're going to hear the gospel preached. And you're going to see by hearing. Watch. Because I live, you shall live also. We say praise be to God. Watch now. So this same one who was here in the flesh of Jesus of Nazareth, the Lamb of God, what we call the Savior, the Messiah, spoken of in the Gospels, breaking the bread, walking on water, uh, healing the sick, raising the dead, all those events, we're talking about that Spirit in Him, that Logos, that same light that come at His baptism. If you'll read the story of Jesus, He come to John to be baptized. And the Spirit of God descended and lit upon this man. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen. You believe that's true? Then that Lamb took away the sin. The sin question is settled. Now all we have is a faith question. All we have is a faith question. I'm not interested in your sins. I'm interested in your faith. Do you believe that this lamb absolutely covered your sins once and for all, and God does not see you, but He hears your voice giving praise to the Lamb of God? Amen. And that one now is here. Praise be to God. That Creator that brought this whole plan to pass, He's standing right here among us now, personifying himself until he will become a person yes sir so we're absolutely saying that that same spirit is promised in the word of God to come down here and manifest himself in flesh called the days of the son of man all right son of man so now we hear the prophet say many times we will see if He will come among us. Listen carefully. See, don't be Pentecostal. You've got to change your thinking. We're in a complete different cycle. We will see if He will come. Who is the He? That's, that's what we're talking about. Who is the He? We will see if He will come. We showed you the film. Over and over, He's here. Nobody's seen anything. The only place, the only one you had word of is that one that said He's here. You didn't see no more than a prophet kind of jerk his head a little bit and say, He's here. But now you've seen a manifestation of that Spirit. Because He said, I take every spirit hit on my control for the glory of God. And there was not one doubt by any demon, 
any believer, any person filled with the Holy Ghost, so to speak, that doubted that he had the authority over every spirit in that building. And he said, you know what? He's here. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Watch your Pentecostal mind, because being the same yesterday, forever, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, forever, is not. Everybody said, is not. Is not the one in Revelation 1, 17 and 18. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever is not the one that they nailed on the cross. He's not the one that died. God cannot die. Come on. Because if God can die, as soon as God died, the devil took over. Come on. We don't need to be childless about it. God cannot die. Oh, Brother Ben said God died. He did if you have a revelation. So God was life, and He shed His blood to the point of death so He could redeem us. God cannot die. Amen. So we see here, Revelation 17 to 8, He said, And when I saw Him, I fell at His feet as dead. Now, who is John talking about? He's talking about the glorified person of Jesus of Nazareth. He's looking at a man. And He laid His right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. You say, Oh, that was God. No, wait a minute. I am He that liveth. And was dead. This is not God. Come on. Don't be afraid to open your mind to the Bible. See that Pentecostal tradition seals us up every time. This is not God. This is the created Son of God, the Lamb. This is the one that created. This is not the one that created. Well, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hell and of death. How did he get those keys? God can't die, so God didn't die and go down on the table. Jesus of Nazareth, the man, he died. He shed the created blood of God to the point of death. His soul went right down there to the lower regions, and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from Satan, come forth and picked up the saints of God and led them in a resurrection in a glorified form, ascended on high, Open up your gates and let the righteous come in. Who is the king of righteous? The king of glory. Praise be to God. He done it and he's here to do it again. So you cannot make this Hebrews 13, 8. For this one who was here on earth was flesh and blood. He said, how come you keep hammering it? Just look at the message websites. See what they're saying. They do not believe it. It's sad to say, but they're still wanting Jesus to be God. He was, if you understand it. This one that was manifested as the Son of Man, Prophet Jesus. He is not the same today as He was then. He was here in mortal flesh. He's not in mortal flesh today. He died. God can't die. God raised this one from the dead. Jesus didn't raise himself up from the dead. It says that God raised him up from the dead. So this one that was raised from the dead is not Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, forever, is in the beginning God, created the heavens and the earth. He appeared as Melchizedek. He appeared as an angel to Abraham. 
He appeared as Elijah, the flaming chariots of fire. He appeared all through the Old Testament in types and shadows of the rock and everything else. That's your living God that comes in this hour and makes himself known as a person. I keep trying to stress it is a person because you will pray to that person today or you will not get an answer. All right. So keep in mind as we go forth that without the anointing power of the Spirit of God, according to Jesus in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. If Jesus was God, He wouldn't need the anointing. Because now He is the anointed one, not the anointer. So He was anointed by the Spirit. That Spirit is the one we're talking about. I'm anointed by the Spirit to do what? To demonstrate or preach the gospel of God the Spirit being here. Jesus' message was, God is here. Let me, uh, can you understand that? He didn't say, I'm here, I'm here. He said, God is here. When you see me, you see the Father. All right. So he's manifesting that he's the same today as he was then. This pillar of fire is promised by Scripture to come down here in a man and do exactly the same ministry that this light, this anointing done 2,000 years ago in the man, Jesus of Nazareth. Let me just follow me whether you believe it or not. Let me just understand what I'm trying to say. All right. Okay. So Hebrews 13, 8 speaks of the one that indwelt Jesus. Hebrews 13, 8 is the one that created Jesus. Hebrews 13, 8 is the one that raised Jesus from the dead. Hebrews 13, 8 is the one that come down on, on the day of Pentecost and separated himself as a lick of fire called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, building a body of believers. He didn't come down in the hour like Pentecost. They think this message is a repeat of Pentecost. No, no. God didn't come down today to separate himself in the people. He come down in a body that he built through the church ages to reveal to this body himself as the person, God, their creator. We're talking about this is the self-existent one, Elohim, who changes his mass down through each stage of the drama. So he spoke of the ministry of the same God who is spirit here doing or has done the same thing he did. Brother Branham said, now he's standing amongst us. Now just think about that. He's standing among us. What would we put the quote up there? Can we put the quote up there so they can read it along with me? Brother Bram said, watch. But I'm not him. Well, hallelujah. Well, we got awful quiet. Well, I thought Brother Branham was him. Didn't Brother Branham God? Well, uh, when God was in him, using him, he was. But when he left, they took him off the platform, he was a man. All right. But I'm not him. Okay, there he is. But he is standing among you. Pentecostals can't comprehend this. God standing among us. 
Well, surely if God was here, we could, it, there should be miracles going on. There should be this going on. We should be. Well, I didn't feel a thing, praise God. He's not a feeling. See, I can sit down beside of you, and if you don't like me a little bit, uh, you won't feel nothing. I can sit down behind you and not know it, and you won't even know I'm there. So what makes us think that the invisible God can sit here among us this morning, checking our attitudes, checking our minds, talk to you, read your mind, hear the thoughts of your heart, and he said, I've got to get myself across to you, all right? But he's standing among you. Watch. And his shoes, Brother Branham, is making this spirit a person. That's the key that I'm looking at. I'm not worthy to loosen his shoes. When he comes and makes himself known. In other words, he's here. And how does he make himself known? Your name is Mrs. Waldrop. You've got migraine headaches. You're so and so and so. Thus saith the Lord, you're healed. Well, that's the same thing that this angel done to Abraham and Sarah. Why did Sarah laugh in her heart? That same sign right before destruction. You say, well, it can't be that because we've been here 50 years. That same sign, once it's revealed and that revelation becomes flesh right before destruction. Did you follow me? Revelation must become real. And the revelation then has to be expressed in flesh, mine and your flesh. Once it's revealed to us as a faith, destruction will come. It'll be over. And today he is standing amongst us, watch, in the person of the Holy Ghost. Not as baptizer. He didn't say he is here baptizing you with the Holy Spirit no more. That ministry is over. He changed roles. Today he's standing among us in the person of the Holy Ghost, manifesting himself more and more, first and second pull, until he comes into the church at the opening of the seven seals, where seven thunders utter their voices here on earth. The thunders didn't sound in heaven. The thunders sound right down here on earth. So where is God when the silence is broken? Right here on earth, standing in His church, unrecognized. And one day, that one day I believe it is this morning, we are here now, and one day, You'll see that the one that you feel in your heart. Okay, let's stop. Go back and listen to the tape, Life Story. If you've got any emotion in you at all, there'll be a tear come up. And Brother Bam said, if there's anything in you at all, that tape will quicken you, and you'll hear be come in contact with the Spirit. That one you feel in your heart. You wonder why people love to listen to tapes, especially before the opening of the seals, is because that quickening, that anointing, that pulling spirit, that voice 
it's calling you and you, you feel it in your emotions, you feel it in your heart. He said, that one that you feel in your heart and see his identification. I take every spirit here in my control. Your name is so-and-so. Come out of them, Satan, in the name of you. On and on and on, raising the dead, cripples and all the truckloads. Will become personalized before you. There's my point. Faith in the presence. Oh, yeah, I believe God's here. No, I'm talking about the person. Do you have faith that God as a person is standing in our midst and you can talk to Him and He promised once you recognize Him, He will give you the desires of your heart? That's what He said. We'll become personalized before you. And we said, well, that was in the flesh of William Branham, and that's true in a sense. Watch. Then you and He are one. That's what we're trying to do. You are united by the Word. Therefore, after we see certain Scriptures that was foretold, and see those Scriptures come alive among us, and fulfilled in someone's flesh, then we can see it revealed to us, and the revelation of what God has done makes God a person to us. And therefore, recognizing what part of the Scriptures that we are making up. Every word must become flesh. That doesn't mean the whole Bible. It just means just a few Scriptures that we're looking at. It's what he said. At that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father, the Father, and me, and I, you. That's, that was four, uh, verse 20 that we just got through reading. In other words, you'll know that you're a seed of God. Hallelujah, we're here. Hallelujah. That scares us to death anymore. Hallelujah. So I'm glad to see him personifying himself right among us. Who do you think you are, William Branham? Do you think you're some big shot because you got a little gift of healing? Are you telling me that basically your ministry is God manifested in the flesh? Who do you think we are? I've got tent, a tent that holds more people than you can draw a crowd with. I've got a gift too. And so they pitted their gift against William Branham's gift. But they couldn't put, pit their gift against the presence of God revealing Himself by and through the Word of God. They cannot bring you a revelation of God, which is the Word. Amen. So he said, watch. By His Word. Well, he goes ahead and tells you. And see what He's promised for the Word. See, not what somebody's emotion singing and jumping and dancing. Every bit of that's okay. If we can't sing, jump, and shout because God's here, and by that revelation, knowing who you are, sons of God, you've already been set aside, you've already been judged, you've already been declared righteous, sinless before the Almighty God. You are sealed in by the revelation of the presence. You're done. There's only a process happening in your mind, your spirit, and your body to immortalize you for the final act of translation. Watch. Not what somebody's emotion declares, what more, but by His Word. Amen. He's making Himself known by His Word. Watch this. This is not Pentecost. Is it all right? This is the teaching. Is it all right? All right. This is not Pentecost. Everybody said, well, we're back to Pentecost. We've got to get back to Pentecost. Pentecost was when this same Spirit come down and separated Himself and licks the fire in each individual that we call the new birth of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, 
building a body. And he builds this body for seven church ages, seven joints, until the Lamb comes and takes the book again. Once he comes and takes the book and opens the New Testament, the mystery of grace, the mystery of Jesus Christ is now opened and the days of redemption is over. We'll see that next week when Jesus takes the book and what that represented. He comes now as a quickening spirit. He comes as a quickening spirit in the Pentecostal building the body to germatize the seed. And today he is here among us. Those very sons that have been quickened. Those who have been born again. The seed of God that is here recognize the mercy of God. And the mercy of God is what? After redemption's over. There's a group of people that will identify the manifestation. And that identification proves to them that they are sons and daughters of God in this hour to finish up the body, to receive the mind that was in Christ for the catching away. That's the mercy of God. After the day's over, that liveth our worker, that come in and seen the first and second pull, seen Brother Brandon's meetings, seen him heal the sick, seen him say, Thus saith the Lord. The day is over. Now he's giving you the Penance, he's paying you. And the very one that says, I believe that God is here because that's exactly what he said. You get the same pay. Praise be to God. You get the same motion to the same resurrected body that they got 2,000 years ago when he raised them from the dead. That's our pay. So he's here among us. My question is, who is here? That's the question. Who is here? Jesus, Jehovah, Savior, manifesting more he said more and more coming into the church in other words there's a certain portion of the scriptures that is revealed to us that we believe and verbalize to confirm and that makes us that word in flesh how many follow me i hope you are so in other words when you see a scripture and you say that's the truth i believe that god is here Here's the scripture that tells me. That's fulfilled. That's your faith. That's your revelation. You and that scripture now has become one. Because you're giving voice to what's already been done. Well, Brother Gray, I'm interested in what's going to happen. You've got to understand by what's already been fulfilled. And it comes to you. You are the fulfillment of the whole plan the only way that you'll know it's in when you see the sleeping saints appear, you know then that it's over, it's climax, you're changed and gone. And everybody that's left will be destroyed. So he, Brother Bram said he's standing here among us in the person of the Holy Spirit, the same one who endured Christ 2,000 years ago. We'll read one more quote and we'll close this morning. The super sign. Brother Bram said the super sign will return. What is the super sign? The same pillar of fire, the same God coming down, manifesting in flesh as he did uh, in type in the Old Testament, and he did in the person of Jesus Christ. What? Look at the track of the church. We got that, David? Look at the track of the church. In other words, let's follow the church and see how it went. Let's follow the tracks of it. And he takes you right down through what? Through Luther, Wesley, Pentecostals. And what he's saying is, what's the word being fulfilled? The just you live by faith, sanctification, holiness, conduct, speaking in gifts, 
Holy Ghost, what more? He comes right down to God is here. When he gets down to God is here, everybody else bails out. It comes up through Luther, Wesley, Pentecostal denomination. We've had revelations and all other kinds of things. We had speaking in tongues. We've had the gifts of healing. Brother Brandon had the greatest one. We have everything manifested. Watch now what he's saying. Everything in the New Testament promise has been manifested. But look now right at the end time. When it's all over, right at the end time, before the burning and destruction. In one place he said, everybody, well, I read a quote this morning. Uh, he said, if you'll notice, let me prophesy something before it comes to pass. He said, if you'll notice, the world's going totally insane. He said, they're coming more insane, more insane all the time. And at the end, they'll become complete maniacs. That's not a very good picture of everybody becoming maniacs. How many uh, comes across a few maniacs when you're out driving anymore? I, I blame it on uh, basically... Uh, feeling bad and everything else. I said, that idiot, I'm calling them idiots. And I have to repent of that. Every morning I have to repent for calling people idiots. But look at that idiot. Look at that idiot. Well, I said, boy, you better quit saying that. You're saying idiots a lot. I said, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Father, help me. Look, right at the end time, before the burning and destroying, the super sign appears mysteriously. That's reason. It's not a band. It's not a band playing hallelujah, hallelujah. He's here and come out of the staircase. It comes mysteriously. But look, right at the end time, before the burning and destroying, the super sign appears mysteriously right on the scene again before us. Notice the on the scene again. Where was the before? Jesus 2,000 years ago. He's at the end time again before us. Amen. God Himself, not a man, but God made manifest. Revelation 10 1 is not an angel, it was God, a super sign, an everlasting sign, an eternal sign, a super sign. God manifested in the flesh. Same sign that his son did. Oh, well, you mean God had a son? He's got lots of sons. The same sign that his son did, his super son. We're sons, but Jesus was a super son. Promised the same at the end. As it was in the day, he gives you the scriptures. As it was in the days of Sodom so shall it be at the presence of the Son of Man, the super sign will return. Karen, if you'll come, we'll want to read one more quote. You've got the notes. Please study them carefully. And read it tells you what we're doing. David, go all the way over to the quote in the last where it says what? The Scripture said in verse, what is that, uh, Matthew 24, 36, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. There's days of the manifestation of the Son of Man, and there's a day that is revealed. That's what I'm talking about, the revealing of the presence. The Son of Man revealed. 
We've seen the Son of Man manifested. Now we want to see Him revealed. And how are you going to do it? By the Word. This must come out of this scripture or your, your picture is not complete. Jesus said, when the Son of Man is revealed from heaven. Let me close by saying this. That the Son of Man is now, and this is 1958. The Son of Man is now being revealed from heaven. He's not coming. He's already here. Look what he said. Will it come after a while, Brother Branham? What is everybody looking for? Every preacher I listen to is looking for the rapture, looking for Jesus to come. Will it come after a while, Brother Branham? It is now. He's already here. What the Bible calls the presence, which is the mystery of God, now being revealed to us, a simple little hillbilly, so to speak. Don't have enough education to figure out what the Bible is even saying. But the Holy Spirit can open our understanding to the Word that no theologian, no teacher, no scholar can get. It's only revealed to babes that will say amen to the Word. Will it come after a while, brother? It is now. And I hope I won't have to make this so personal of this, in other words, my own meeting. I'm here doing it now. And I hope I don't have to make it personal like you're seeing me, don't you? Brother Branham knew who he was. Jesus knew who he was. And you and I should know who we are. See, but that your spirit within you, which should be the spirit of God if you're born again, that gives you by God can read what I'm talking about. We've got to read what he's talking about. Where, how can we read what he's talking about? Scripture. You go back to the Bible that he's bringing alive. What? The Son of Man has already come from glory and is revealing himself for the past few years to this church in mercy. Now keep that word mercy in line because next week we'll get that hard part. Redemption is over. The intercessory day, Jesus as the intercessor, he's moved. He climbed upon the Father's throne and sat down at the opening of the seven seals. The Father comes down here with the open book, which means what? Grace is over. The judge comes down and he declares, you justified. Glory to God. Oh, I'm forgiven. No, you're justified. You never done it in the first place. Who can receive that? Nobody really in their mind because you know that you've done it. I'm telling you how great you are, how sinless you are, and the devil in your carnal mind is telling you how rotten you are. Why can't we just agree with God and His Word? If God said, I'm justified, how come I can't open my mouth and say, I'm justified in His presence? Because God is the one that stood here and told me that I am the virtuous, sinless bride of Jesus Christ. I never done it in the first place, and I'm come down here to tell you that you are now justified. I forgive your sins for 2,000 years. Now then, the mercy seat has moved. He's on the throne. I come down here to tell you that that day, the church ages, is over.
I come down to take the headship of the church. I'm here to take this body that I redeemed, take it as a trophy to my son because I promised him. The Lord said unto my Lord, set thee at my right hand until I make all your enemies your footstool. Praise be to God. And he has to come down here and do it. He said he's here showing his great presence, doing the same thing that he did when he was here on earth, revealing himself like he did to Abraham. So if you know your Bible, you don't go back to Jesus. You go back to Abraham. So who come to Abraham? Well, it's God. Oh, you can't believe that that angel, them angels walked up. That one of them was God? Absolutely. Because God said, oh, we're going to go down and talk to Abraham. He, he picked out, <laughs> blowed in it. Uh, out come a body. He steps in it. Okay, Michael, come here. <laughs> out comes another man. Gabriel, come on down. You go with it. <laughs> out walks three men. Abraham had something special that Lot didn't have. He seen one of them. He said, you are God. How did he know that one was God and didn't recognize the other two? I've heard him say, well, Brother Greg believes in two lords because, see, only Abraham recognized one of them as Lord. One of them was God. The other two was lords, rulers, but they wasn't our Lord. See, they were angels. He come like he did to Abraham before destruction. God, in the form of a man, comes down here and reveals himself to us as a person. Why? That's what we've got to figure out. Why? And what is the benefits? What is the results of recognizing the presence? You can absolutely talk to the Father. Because Brother Branham said in the token message, everybody is trying to get this life so filled up that they can walk on the clown and make Jesus embarrassed. We got some people so holy that Jesus wouldn't even feel comfortable. Are you following me? He said, the life, which is the revelation, you've got to present the token, which is an understanding of the word for this hour, with your prayer. In other words, you've got to make the presence an absolute substance, faith. If God said He was here, the prophet said He was here, He proved He's here, surely I can declare God is here. Well, I don't know where He's at, but I know that He's here. He's standing among us now for the past few years, not 2,000 years of the same uh, Holy Ghost. No, He's here as He's never been here among a group of people. God is here talking to us face to face. He's telling you, if you will receive me by faith and know that I'm real as a person, I'm going to declare you absolutely justified in my presence. You've never done it. Praise be to God. We are standing holy before Him. We are in the holiest of holies. We're standing right in the presence of a pillar of fire without condemnation. Why? Because the blood has made us not to feel guilty in the presence of Almighty God. Let's stand this morning, would you? Praise be to God. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is the message I was born on, and this is what I'll preach until I go out of here in a rapture. This message, this revelation of the presence will change our body, and nothing else will. 
So you shouldn't get tired of hearing it because every time you hear it, it just should get more real and more real and more real, more real all the time. So what is your cross that we got to bear? Right now, I'm bearing a physical cross, and I apologize for not being able to do certain things. People said, well, it's already come back to me. I preached faith all these years. You know what I mean? Health is a horse going south and no problems at all. So you pray for everybody, see them get healed, encourage everybody. Now then, well, you pray for others. You, you, now you're going to the doctor. I said, yeah, I don't have enough faith to remove that bone, so I'm going to go let God help a doctor do it for me. Well, if you had faith, I got faith. I got a revelation that my God is here. And I got a revelation that now I'm a son of God. And I'm anointed with a light that's here. I'm anointed with a truth. We're anointed by certain scriptures. And I'm trying to get that anointing on you so that you also know that he's here. So you also present the token, which is what? A revelation. God, you are here. And I'm going to worship you in spirit. I'm going to worship you in truth. I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I'm going to take off the sackcloth and ashes. I'm going to take off all the sorrow. And I'm going to become rejoicing in the presence of God because we dwell in the pavilion of the Lord. We're in his presence now as Brother Branham preached the rapture. He's got us hid in that secret place called the revelation of God himself. What is your cross? Every cross was what? When people heard the word, the gospel for their day, it was something different. It was something odd. It was contrary to accepted religion. It was resisted. It was stoned. It was killed. It was rejected. Then when it became more formalized, that was accepted. And then the new thing from God becomes penalized, criticized, rejected. Right on down step by step until it comes to us. And we're on the last step. So guess what? Do you think we're going to be criticized? you think we're going to be rejected? Absolutely. And what are you criticized for, Brother Gregory? Declaring that God, according to Scripture, is here fulfilling the Scripture of the New Testament called the presence of Almighty God. And I'm asking the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest upon my mind, my soul, and upon each individual to open our understanding to His presence so that we can open our mouth and confirm the message by the voice of two witnesses to get out of here in a resurrection and a body change. When a group of people begins to declare by faith, that means by understanding the Scripture, that God is here, the resurrection will take place very quickly, and He'll get us out of this mess. Amen. That's your cross. That's your testimony. That's your evangelizing. That's the gospel that you've got to preach and declare. Do you understand my brother, my sister, you can say, do you believe that God is here? And all we're looking for Jesus to come. Jesus is here. Let me sit down and open the Scripture to your understanding. Let's sit down and talk a while to see what the Scripture will tell us. What will the anointing of the Holy Ghost open our minds to? So without the Spirit, without the anointing, you'll find out next week, without the anointing, 
without getting in the spirit of certain scripture, you'll never see it. Never. It's impossible. But if we get our minds humbled down right and ask God, I need a revelation. I know the preacher said you're here. I don't understand it, but I want to. Will you anoint me, Lord, and open my mind and spirit to the Word of God that I can see your presence and understand what you're doing here among us? If you'll ask God that, I'll guarantee you as a group of people, it won't be long that you'll see a change in our lives and a change in our body. Basically, the short hair will go and the immoral dress will go and everything will go. If you'll only open your mouth that you're in the presence of God, it will do the work for you. Praise be to God, it'll do the work for you. So let's sing that song. Take up my cross. Our cross is a testimony that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I qualify that. He's here as a light, a great light. He's here as a revelation by Spirit to take me to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross. I'm talking about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever now. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of it. Out the call. It'll cost you everything. But the reward is eternal life. Think about it. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Turn around and tell somebody, aren't you thankful this morning that we can still worship God? Aren't we thankful for the right to be able to worship and praise God the way that we want to? To say that you know Him. Count the cost. Take up your cross and follow Him. Oh, I oh, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Just say that you know Him. Oh, count the cost. How many wants to know Him in the powers of resurrection? Say amen this morning. Oh, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Well, don't be ashamed to say that you know Him. Oh, count the cost. Take up your cross. And follow Praise the Lord. God is good, isn't He? Let's just close with a word of prayer this morning. How many are thankful this morning that God is still mindful of us to open Himself, which is the Word, to us, that the life in that Scripture can come alive in us? You said, Brother Gray, this is too hard to grasp. It's not too hard to believe. It starts with believing. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be con condemned. You say, well, I don't understand it, but do you, will you believe it? Will you let the Spirit of God convict your mind 
to open your mind to the Word of God and just accept this escape from mortality. You'll never be good enough. You'll never see how God can save you. Only thing I'm talking about this morning, He already has. And I'm asking you by the grace of God just to open your mind and say, I will receive Jesus that shed blood at Calvary 2,000 years ago. I'm going to accept that as my covering that I can stand in the presence of the Father now and be justified and washed my robes in righteousness and become trees of righteousness because we stand justified before God in His presence. We are now in the presence of the pillar of fire, the Holy One of Israel. Father, we thank You that You are mindful of us, that we being so insignificant in the plan of overall earth, but we are a simple people this morning, and we just simply trust You we know that your word is absolutely true, and we know that it cannot fail. Therefore, we have faith and trust in your word to immortalize our soul, to change our body, to take us out before destruction comes to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We realize that is the message of this hour, and we confess before this people and before your presence that we realize that you are here the great Jehovah self-existent one and you're here to finish the work of redemption and to present us as a chaste virgin a bride to Jesus Christ thy son help us this morning Lord to celebrate that victory in Christ help us to realize our privilege and our freedom that we have thus far to worship you in spirit and in truth for we know that it will soon be taken away from us but you'll take us away from this destruction into your very presence. So we thank you for your grace. We thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you for salvation of our souls. And most of all, we thank you for your mercy of your presence that you will stand here in our midst and through the blood see us completely righteous in your sight. Grant unto us, Lord, this understanding and revelation. May it be verbalized in our mouth that each soul in here will absolutely become the Word in flesh and bring this stage of our track to an end. Thank you, Lord, for grace in this hour through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Pray that your barbecue, fried chicken, or whatever you got will be good today. Thank God for it and rejoice because it looks like this may be one of the last Fourth of Julys that we'll be able to shoot a firecracker or anything else. But if we're here next year at this time and still God's grace still lingers, we're going to blow up this field out here because we realize how much it takes now to have a good fireworks show. So if God allows us to be here another year and I'll be walking around shouting and have a Jericho march, I can't wait to lead a Jericho march around here just to prove that God's a healer. Amen. I'm looking forward to great things, but we got to go through a, a little valley here before we come out on the other side. It's like the song this morning, and I appreciate that song. This morning, that was very well done. Whoever criticized that this morning needs to be uh, kind of corrected a little bit. That was a good song, brother. You've done a good job on it, too. So we appreciate that. So I love you. I love the Lord. I love this word, and I love this message. And I pray God's grace will be with us today and throughout 
until we take our change. Amen? So God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday if the Lord permits. Well, take up your cross and follow Jesus.